good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So smooth, so sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Wonder Golf, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lipa, and joining me for this episode is Anthony DeBundo. BJ Cunningham has the night off. Uh, together, Anthony and I are going to tiptoe our way uh, through a handicapping adventure, breaking down all 10 Premier League matches upcoming this weekend. Uh, he'll go through some uh, bets across Europe he likes, and we'll give out our three-leg underdog part like. We didn't let BJ off that easy. He still gave an underdog. And then our best bets for uh, the upcoming Premier League slate. So, Anthony, without further ado. Actually, with further ado, because I got to read uh, a read from our friends at Bet365. Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365. And Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. It believes every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar See for yourself when you sign up today with the promo code ACTION, and you'll get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. You must be 21 or older, and you must be present in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, please call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Anthony, without further ado, it's time to uh, dive into some Premier League action coming our way this weekend. Full disclosure, we are recording this as we always do on Wednesday, so there's still a couple Premier League matches to be played on Thursday. We'll touch on all of that when we get there. But one Premier League match that was played was uh, Aston Villa's victory over Man City, and now they host Arsenal. Fun little part of the schedule here for Unai Emery's impressive bunch. Uh, they're plus 240 at home. Arsenal's traveling at plus 105. Uh, the draw is plus 260. You and BJ got personal with me when I tried to fade Arsenal uh, with Luton Town, and it almost worked out uh, for me, but it didn't. Uh, and now Arsenal just has made a habit of scoring equalizers and winners in stoppage time after the 90th minute, and it feels very breaking bad. He can't just keep getting away with this, but they do uh, keep getting away with it. Will they do it again? I mean, I'm certainly not betting Arsenal here. I think, you know, at a certain point, we need to talk about the game we just watched today. And did it say more about Aston Villa? Or did it say more about Manchester City? Because I think that's the biggest takeaway from this match. Because if you go through some of the stats, right, the total XG was 2.2 to 0.86. City took two shots. That's only happened twice in the last five years where City have been held under five total shots. The other match was this year against Arsenal on the road. Again, shorthanded. No Rodri. So they, you know, we'll talk more about City when we get to Luton. But like in terms of this match, you have to upgrade Villa. It was the most dominant performance anybody's had against City 
pretty much as as long as I can remember in a meaningful match where a team just completely destroyed them. And it goes beyond just that, you know, the, the, you know, the XG and you look under the hood, 10 plus pass sequences, a stat that city dominates against everybody. They play city had 20 Villa had 17. So they were able to play through pressure. They were able to overcome city who played incredibly narrow without go, uh, Doku and Grealish, uh, to the point where it, it was just a total struggle ball, and they had no way through, and it never really looked like City was going to score. So you know, credit to Villa, you have to upgrade them. I didn't really take a ton away from the the, the Arsenal match against Luton, to be honest with you. Like, yes, uh, Raya was terrible. You could say that's a concern. You know, Arsenal's got this goalkeeper thing going on where they don't really know who the goalie is, the best goalie. Uh, they they play Ramsdale. He tries to give away goals against Brentford. They play Raya. He does give away goals against Luton. Luton had, you know, three box shots and the first three shots all went in. That's not something that's going to continue to happen against Arsenal's defense. I did think Luton did a really nice job disrupting buildup, but that's not really what Villa's going to do anyway. Villa doesn't really press a ton, so they're going to give Arsenal a chance to get their sequences in. The thing for me is like, can Villa do that again against Arsenal's press, uh, which has been better? Can they get those sequences? Can they get uh, their ball progression? Villa at home. Uh, you know, we said another thing like, well, Villa at home, they haven't really played anybody, but when they've been at home, they've been dominant. This season, now they have a real opponent and they've completely destroyed them. Villa at home this year, plus 1.46 XG difference per 90. Villa away, minus 0.38. So it's pretty dramatic. It would be Villa or nothing for me here. I think if you do like them, you know, maybe look toward the money line because it is high variance uh, with with the style that they're playing right now. But uh, I, I certainly am going to have to build the courage to bet Villa, though, because of my, my positions and how I've been relative on the market with them most of the season so far. So, you know, it should be a fun one. That is a Saturday game. Let's jump ahead to Sunday for the other headliner, uh, Tottenham. Tip top Tottenham. Hosting Newcastle Spurs as a home favorite on the three-way line, plus 125. Newcastle plus 175. Uh, the draw here the draw here is plus 280. It's a little tricky because both teams are playing on Thursday. So we got to you know pump the brakes here a bit. Nonetheless, I, I like Newcastle here even on the road. Um, or maybe they don't do their, their best work. But with Tottenham's vulnerabilities in, on, on defense... Newcastle's ability to punish you quickly, get the ball, put it forward. And uh, this does feel a little similar to what we were talking about with Everton and, and Newcastle with uh, this thing should could be end up being a ping pong match. And I would trust Newcastle's defense, even with uh, some of the injuries to hold better. They're more robust, be a more robust unit than uh, compared to Tottenham. So, yeah, I'm sorry to say it, Anthony, but. I'm going to be going against your spares here. Yeah, I probably will be too. Uh, like you said, you know, we don't know what Newcastle Everton will look like. We don't know what Spurs West Ham will look like. I think we learned more from Spurs West Ham in terms of like what do Tottenham look like with Romero back in the lineup and Richarlison potentially back uh, in the starting 11. They have taken money uh, ahead of this West Ham match on Thursday, which by the time you listen to this, you probably will have already happened. So I do think Spurs are going to win at home. Uh, maybe they get a little bit of market love off that win and I can come back on Newcastle. I generally agree, too. I think when you look at this matchup, the one thing you're going to hear is like, yes, Tottenham want to play out. Newcastle will press them. They will be aggressive and look to create those high turnovers. Newcastle, by every metric, are the better team. 
But, you know, I think one interesting thing, you know, Dortmund had some success with this in the Champions League. When Newcastle has the ball, can Tottenham's press off the ball create those high turnovers and expose some of Newcastle's maybe frailties in possession where they're not as consistent? And then, you know, Tottenham does to teams, does to Newcastle what Newcastle does to so many different teams. And Tottenham is the one who's able to break at pace at this back line uh, and maybe expose this defense a little bit more than we've seen some of the bigger sides do it, where Arsenal and City have kind of grinded the match to a halt. Uh, When teams have tried to play a more frenetic style, they have been able to create some chances against this Newcastle defense. So, you know, another game where, you know, you look at the market and we see how Tottenham looks on, on Thursday and we can kind of draw conclusions off of that. I don't really have a strong opinion on this game. Uh, I do lean toward Newcastle just based solely off the number because I am lower than the market on Spurs right now. But again, I, I'm, I'm willing to say that like Tottenham is a very influx team because of how the players are coming in and out uh, and they could look really good tomorrow and kind of change my belief on that. As far as the total goes here, like... <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, maybe the, you know, the market really likes these Newcastle unders. Maybe it'll be like a flat three, uh, but no, it's like over 3.25. And uh, I, I kind of think that's right. I do have the stat on it now. So heading into this match week, I'm going to wait till after the match week to, to get the data. Overs in the Prem are 80 and 60 coming in. And we did have a majority of the games uh, go over again today. So they continue to just absolutely roll going over by 0.35 goals per 90. Uh, and that's, you know, with the market slowly adjusting upward, we've talked about that on the show and they're still going over the last month has actually been even more pronounced than the early season trends. So it's kind of remarkable the prem changing the way it has this year and the market not being able to catch up 8% ROI. If you blindly bet every prem over this year. So, and, and I think Tottenham and Newcastle are a perfect example of that with, uh, Newcastle, you know, even when the market steams against their attack and says, well, they can't possibly keep doing this. Like, look at their box entries, look at their X thread. It's not that good. The market steams under and then the game flies over every single time. So uh, this totals 3.25, definitely too high to play the over for me, but uh, not not going to play the under either. Should we go nil-nil? What, for this game? Yeah. I don't know that Tottenham play a nil-nil all year, to be honest. Unless they, the only time they play a nil-nil is if they get like a an extreme low block team who doesn't even really try to attack them. Like the, the Palace game could have been a nil-nil if <laughs> if the own goal doesn't go in, right? Like and yeah. change the game. Those are the only like I don't really see them playing a nil-nil out with any of these. Nobody plays a nil-nil anymore. Who, well, that's also true, but yeah. uh, I mean, like Arsenal City should have been a nil-nil. Arsenal Newcastle yeah. could have been a new I was nil-nil. On that one. City Newcastle like. Maybe, uh, so, so that's sixteen to one. Uh, it should be higher than that, but that's about as high as yeah. you'll get a nil nil in the Premier League. And Spurs so. are getting their attack, some of their attacking guys back. So, like a, a Johnson, Kulisevsky, Rashalison, Son, all of a sudden doesn't look too bad for them. Even yeah, Rashalison uh, rocks. Uh, it's it's always something I like to just at least pitch backwards from in, on these big games. Is is uh, just to, at least just take a peek at it. Because uh, it's the thing that nobody's going to bet. Palace and Liverpool. Uh, Kristen Bull. Palace at home. They're plus 425. Liverpool traveling as an odds-on favorite. Minus 167. Uh, the draw here. 3-1. to one. If you believe in bogey teams, uh, Palace has, has been that for Liverpool in its past. Uh, we all remember Kristen Bull. It was a lot of fun. 
for everybody but Anthony. I guess what would you call, like a, just a solid day at the office for for Liverpool kind of win uh, against Sheffield United. Get the goal from uh, Virgil and then the late the late one uh, against Chris Wilder's blades to make a two nil. So it looks you know just kind of ho hum there. Um, I will say the way this one sets up with Palace at home and just sitting deep and looking to the to make this an absolute chore for Liverpool. It's never a bad idea. Never, never a bad idea to to back Palace um, in this matchup. No, yeah, I agree. I think uh, Liverpool did show some defensive frailty, right? Like they gave up a big chance pretty early on in that match. The first like big chance of the game actually went to. Uh, Sheffield, which I, I thought was a little bit concerning for for them, uh, you know, Sheffield's historically bad. So you know, am I going to go be worried about that? No, I do think Liverpool are clearly upgraded with Ibrahima Konate in the in the in the fold. Uh, he's been in and out of the lineup with injury. He is huge in ball progression for them and, and was big today. I think that this line is a little bit inflated. You know, we look at some of the teams that have gone to Palace this year and just kind of like run down the list. Arsenal closed minus 115 at Palace. I really thought like that was a little short, but Liverpool laying over a goal here at some shops. Like this is getting up to minus 190 at some books. They upgraded them off of today. Like Liverpool, Salah getting subbed off in the 67th minute looked exhausted. Uh, and and they did look a little leggy to me. They still conceded 0.8 xG, which you know against most teams is fine. But like Sheffield, as bad as they've been, don't normally get to 0.8 xG unless there's a penalty involved in the game. That's the only time that they really get to over one consistently, or like a red card against the other team. So I think Liverpool still have the vulnerable defense, and you know you saw it with with Fulham when I I laid Liverpool and Fulham owned me again, but. The Kelleher downgrade is real. Also, Palace, like Michael Olise does make a difference. And he's not as good as Eze for me, but like he uh, did a ton of ball progression in the West Ham match and was was lively there. I didn't I did not have eyes on Palace Bournemouth today. It did not make the cut. But uh I, I you know, it wasn't a great performance for them. But again, I think this Bournemouth team is quickly trending up and we're gonna talk about them shortly. But I think in terms of like matchup and spot, it's pretty tricky for Liverpool just given how much the fixtures are piling up and how tired their top guys look to me. Um, so I'm going to take Palace plus one. Uh, numbers play for me. I, I have Liverpool around minus 150. So the minus, you know, 190-ish, it's a little too high to win this one. And uh, they did lose Matip too. So that could, you know, he's done for the year now. So that could, could matter. Yeah, I'll likely be on the Palace money line. Of course. Spot of the, one of the spots of the year that I just always bet. All right, Brighton and Burnley. Seagulls minus one eighty eight coming off the win against Brentford. Uh, Burnley losing to Wolves are plus four fifty for this one, and a draw here would pay out plus three fifty. Got nothing here. I don't think that there's anything to really get into. You could maybe make a nice avenue for a Brighton route, uh, and chase that, but. Always, always okay to pass. So yeah, I, I don't do think that. Burnley. Ha- I don't think Burnley has like the transition talent to really expose this Brighton team, and I don't really know if Burnley's uh, approach works in this spot uh, at right. Brighton. It feels like they're walking into a, a a tough spot. They did play well against Wolves. They were the better team for majority better, yeah. of that match. Sandberga makes like a really dumb touch 
facing his own goal and they give up a goal to Chan uh, Huang. Um, but like the XG, the, the whole match like felt like a coin flip. So uh, tough beat for Burnley backers. I don't really still want to bet this team though. And I think that they are uh, properly priced here uh, with uh, Brighton now being uh, undefeated when I bet against them this season after a, a deserved win against Brentford. I mean, Brentford gets the pen early. Brighton controls most of the match. Brentford matches are always hard, though, because they do get so game state dependent. But uh, overall, yeah, it was a good good spot for them. Scott McTominay, uh, your odds-on favorite for the Ballon d'Or uh, after today's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, United next, uh, Riders 182 hosting Bournemouth. McTominay gets the uh, another brace. Uh, I feel like when if he scores one, he's always going to score another. He only scores scores in uh, in twos uh, to lead United to a win over Chelsea. We were on that one uh, last week or or over the midweek, I should say. Uh, now they they get to host not not Born- me, of course. You guys, not, yeah. Good well, call. I mean, yeah. Have you haven't won a bet all season? We're we're trying to get you. We're trying to get you your first yeah. win I'm still on the waiting. campaign. Actually, a, a DFB Pokal only place I win bets now. We had yeah. a good day there. Uh, Bournemouth is four to one, uh, traveling to Old Trafford, and the draw here is plus three thirty three. I loved that uh, Manchester United spot against Chelsea, and I absolutely hate this one uh, against Bournemouth. Bayern Munich on the other side of the horizon in uh, the Champions League on is it Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is. Um, this Bournemouth team improving; they got healthy. Kind of got out of a, a tough part of their schedule. As, as you know, you we tried to tell you about this all season that this team was going to get better. They're so um, good, man. They're going to finish like they're, 10th. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're onto something here. They're dangerous um, in the spot. Absolutely dangerous against a, 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 a United defense that nobody is going to trust. The, the one thing, like, the, we know that Bournemouth can get absolutely pasted. It's happened uh, already this season on a couple of occasions. Everton, Arsenal, City. Um, I mean, Liverpool, they went up, but and then it ended up getting lopsided. So I don't know what you want to, if you want to even get there. Uh, but they've also had some mesmerizing uh, performances of late, uh, which is, I think, what holds more water than the early season stuff, considering where this team is going. Like, the... And, and that they've got healthier. We're starting to feel like this is the real version of Bournemouth that went over Newcastle. If you want to you know, nitpick and say it was a depleted Newcastle, it was still Newcastle, uh, was one-sided. They beat the brakes off of Sheffield United, drew with Villa, the best team uh, in, in the Premier League, and that was a little unlucky that they didn't get the win. That think that 2-2 yeah. flatters Villa. Um, and then a really professional 2-0 against uh crystal palace so just a really dangerous team uh and a team that can punch up and a team that is confident in the system and the manager has been committed to the bit uh from the drop of the puck so yeah this Uh, is a live underdog this is this is exactly the time you want to bet against manchester united too right like this is it when everyone starts to take that deep sigh of you know that deep breath like the storm is over no it's not it's coming to you this weekend they're only three points behind city i know it's kind of wild. Uh, here's the thing. I looked at this line two days ago when we recorded Sunday, and I was like, well, minus 155, 60. Eh, eh. You know, it's like not a full ha- It's not a full goal. I don't really 
want to bet Bournemouth, but now I get the full goal because because United went and had their best game of the season. Keep in mind, their best game of the season still allowed two expected goals to Chelsea. Ten penalty box shots. A ton of dangerous attacking moments for Chelsea. United just had way more. And look, you know, we talked about how insane these two matches were today between Villa just pasting City and United pasting Chelsea. Just why we love this, you know, this league. It's amazing because, you know, we go on Sunday and uh, BJ gave out Villa and United. You know, he's much sharper than I am. I didn't bet either because I'm a coward. And now it's like, okay, who does it say more about? I thought it said more about Chelsea. Uh, that the market's probably, like, they're still not consistent enough to warrant the market prices they're getting, even if they are improved. Uh, I also thought that, like, United got one of those Bruno games. Bruno's a world-class player. And when he, uh, you know, he's been down a little bit this year, but he still has it in his bag. He's going to play a lot of high-risk passes. He's going to be very aggressive in build-up and in ball progression and trying to get the ball in the box. And when it comes off for a day, he looks like the best player in the world. And today, you know, expected threat for him alone was 0.8. That's insanity in terms of getting the ball forward quickly into the penalty area and being a major factor. And then, of course, you know, I know he missed the pen, but uh, the the XG numbers for United were amazing. It comes without Marcus Rashford, which makes it interesting. Does Rashford start? Because Garnacho was really impressive today. Anthony was not. Do they play Garnacho and Rashford? There's all kinds of different things they can do here. Either way, uh, I think Bournemouth is absolutely improving. And I think you could tell me right now who is the market, like in terms of trend lines over the course of a whole season, who is the market still not caught up to yet? It's been the improvement in Bournemouth in the last three weeks to a month where they're getting all these wins. They're outplaying Palace at Palace. That's a good result. I mean, they were pretty dominant in that game. That's not nothing. Going away to a mid-table team and, and beating them pretty comfortably. Not something Bournemouth was doing early in the Eriol era, and now they're doing it. So uh, the consistency in the form is really improving. I'm believing in it. And United, you know, it felt more like a blip. I mean, we watched the same United team get absolutely annihilated at Newcastle on Sunday. Do we really think that, or Saturday, do we really think that much changed between then and now? I don't. So I think, uh, yeah, Bournemouth plus one for me. Uh, Bournemouth and Palace plus one, my, uh, my, my first two weekend bets in the Prem. It just begs to be repeated before we move on to uh, Sheffield United and, and Brentford is this United team can lose to anybody. They already shown yep. that. Hey, they got, uh, uh, you know, another good win. Fine. We put yeah, it in the I, sample. I, and I think I, that's probably like, you, it. Like, they can beat anybody. You, they only lost one note at Newcastle. You look at the final score, you're like, ah, hey, you know, they were competitive. You can downgrade, as much as you may have downgraded them on Sunday, you can upgrade them right back up. It still gets us to like the same point we've been on this United yep. team, which is that they can't defend. They cannot defend. Um, so maybe over, you know, what's the, the first half, both teams to score again. But um, it's just like they, they just don't defend. So when they play competent attacking teams, it's, it's a problem. Would you consider Sheffield United a competent attacking no. team? <laughs> They're plus 375 uh, no, this thanks. weekend at home, hosting Brentford. Chris Wilder is back, baby, back in the dugout um, at Bramall Lane. Uh, good to have him back. The overlapping center backs. What a genius he was. Uh, Brentford, minus 150, and the draw is uh, 3-1. to one. I actually think the draw is a good bet here. I'd, I, I, I'd, nope. I'd expect that United Sheffield United is just going to park it and try to just stabilize itself and get itself. Look, I mean, they're at home, Brentford away. But we just saw like last week, Brentford was minus 200. And we're like, well, Brentford is a favorite at home against a worse team. But the gap just is that big this year. 
between these bad teams and these good teams or mid table. Like the, the newly promoted teams, Luton, Sheffield, Burnley have had no success. Like Brent Burnley went to Brentford and got smoked. Luton went to Brentford and got smoked. The thing we said about Brentford forever was like, well, when Brentford's a favorite, they're always bottom five in shots per 90. They don't get a ton of volume. They need one or two big chances to make it work. And if they don't get them, then they're, they're vulnerable. And it works great as a dog because they're not going to have the ball. But when they're a favorite, they struggle. They have not had that problem this year. I mean, first of all, they're up to like top half of the league in shots per 90. They're still top half in shot quality. Uh, their big chance numbers are actually down. So that actually, you know, you could look at it and say, well, that means they're not getting as many big chances, but they're also getting average chances at a much higher rate, which I think is more sustainable. So I think Brentford's been a just fine as a favorite. Uh, and when they've played the shit teams, they've beat the shit teams. So, yep. like, do they it's, not win here? I, but again, like, you upgrade Sheffield. Pencil and paper kind of thing. The, the, the uh, spot with the new manager. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. Yeah, I get it. Yep. Dig but in. I, I don't. I mean, they, they there was some market movement against Brentford today. They uh, like there was some minus one thirty fives out there, one thirty. Like, I hope I hope it keeps getting bet down because I'll lay one ten, one twenty, happily with the bees here. I don't know that it will get that low, but that's my belief. Uh, Wolves, Brentford has next. changed a little bit. I wrote about it in my Brighton Brentford preview, kind of like how their Brentford has changed defensively a little bit and and an attack that they're you know maybe playing a more sustainable style and more aggressive against these bad teams. Be sure to go check that out. Uh, and then we'll also check out Wolves and Forest here. Wolverhampton, oh, once man. again, a, an odds-on favorite at home against the, the same Tricky thing. Trees. Should we just replay what we said about Wolves versus uh, versus Burnley? Um, well, I mean, I Forrest think it's interesting that the market thinks Forest and Burnley are even teams based on this number. Yeah, I mean, and Forest just got Forrest abs- better. For- but- yeah, I, do, I would say, too. Exactly. Forrest just got absolutely dominated steve cooper and had his worst bet i'll make all year apologize yeah that was uh i had someone Wait, text who i didn't know yeah yeah he uh him and hit the whole team they went over to the away stand and um apologized to the traveling supporters and just speaks volumes of the kind of guy that steve cooper is i agree great if manager always said right, always I'm said that getting, I should have said get right spots, but if you believe in in like motivational or bounce back spots, you, you probably have this one circled as a well, force have to be better. Like they just got embarrassed by Fulham, um, and Wolves, like we said, was it for seventy two hours ago? Like it, you're you're probably not going to be interested in Wolves in the spot if you've been in the weeds betting. Uh, this team, like we love wolves when they're punching up, not when they're punching down like this. And I like, I actually like Forrest again. Whatever, just keep going. I'll go back to them. I'll, I'll take my medicine. If, if, if it happens again, it happens again. But I just, this isn't the numbers too good to go against uh, a Wolverhampton team that better than expected, but not this good. And they don't you know, deserve the- all that much credit. Also, from what we just saw against Burnley. I'll say this. Nottingham Forest has now played 26 away matches since they rejoined the Premier League. They have won two of those matches. One was at Chelsea, in which Chelsea missed like four or five sitters, and it was hilarious, and Forest won. They have... The other one was last year against Southampton, who finished bottom of the table. They have had six draws... They have had 18 defeats. It's, it's been really, really bad. And it's still really, really bad. Their XG difference at home, 
is positive. Their XG difference away from home is negative. And I, I think we can get a little bit caught up in like the noise of these samples. They're, they're small samples of data we're looking at with home roads, but it just, when you watch the games, it doesn't look like the same team. And so, you know, do I want to lay, I want to bet Forrest again into this freaking road spot against an even team that they're not any worse than, but like when they go on the road, they play like, they play like a second tier team. I mean, they were horrible against Fulham today. Fulham got everything they wanted, destroyed them. uh, And, you know, we're not high on Fulham and I don't think Fulham's any good. So the fact that Fulham, who struggles as a favorite, made it look so easy today just leaves me alarmed. And now that, that being said, you're right. Like team gets embarrassed, there should be a response. And that makes this an interesting spot for them because if they don't respond, then it's you have to start asking questions about Cooper, I think. Because the talent on this team is better than they're performing. Uh, Everton. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, they are playing on Thursday. We're recording Wednesday night. They are hosting Chelsea here. Uh, the Toffees, plus 220. Chelsea traveling as a plus 120 road favorite and uh draw would pay out plus 240 at goodison park feels like this one uh can go we, you could go in the same sort of direction as we did with um newcastle and everton which is probably just about a m- more saying about how everton wants to play games uh than anything else which is probably going to be goals in this if chelsea has its scoring boots on which is one thing uh i guess you always have to consider but uh yeah it's hard it's hard to see this one finishing uh like as a, a snooze fest so this Everton team can they they, yeah. they can absolutely the overs, contend overs a little more juice at two and a half uh it's, it's i'm not, not gonna i find that weird like i would have thought that you'd probably see the last i saw newcastle everton over was two and a half at minus, minus 110 yeah yeah which to me, this one's like minus one thirty ish. Yeah, I find that to be yeah. strange. Uh, I actually have them right around the same number, uh, which is why I bet the over on Thursday for Everton Newcastle. But I think that this is about right. I don't have a strong opinion here. Uh, look, if you're one of those people who's like, "Well, what has Chelsea done to deserve this market rating?" This is the same price. The market says Chelsea and Newcastle are even teams. Do you? If you don't, then you probably should bet Everton here. On Sunday, I would understand waiting too, though. I think from a tactical matchup, uh, Everton is not going to leave a ton of space in behind. So that's not great for Chelsea and how they normally like to attack teams. But Everton could very well be very different tactically in this match against Newcastle than they are against Chelsea in the sense that Dyche knows that if he's, I mean, he's a smart manager, Chelsea's biggest weakness is if you just give them the ball and sit deep and then say, okay, you don't have a lot of technically great players in space in tight spaces. Can you break us down? And he plays that style. This could get ugly and be just like a low scoring affair. So I don't really like Everton is very volatile in how they approach matches and what Dice decides to do is up in the air. But I think if he were being smart, he would sit deep and dare Chelsea to beat them at Goodison. And I don't know that they could. So uh, no, no bet for me here yet. Probably won't end up having one either. The bogey team of the podcast, Fulham, plus 137, uh, taking on West Ham, plus 180. I've never wanted to bet a match less than Fulham-West Ham this weekend. <laughs> or watch it. I mean, I'm sure it'll be good. You know, It's a London derby and two mid-table teams, two teams that I've bet against more than any other in the Prem this year. West Ham hasn't played yet. Yeah. I don't think there's much to add. 
Uh, well, Fulham, Fulham did it again. I taught literally like I didn't have the match on, but I got the goal alert. I'm like, Alex Iwobi scored again. Like Alex Iwobi and Scott McTominay should like get dinner somewhere and talk about how their managers have somehow figured out a way to get them in positions where they, all they do is score goals and don't really contribute a ton else to the team because Frank, it's, it's, Frank Lampard did it. Yeah. Iwobi was a scoring machine. I think he had four for Everton that year. Uh, yeah, and look, you know, it's a part of their skill set. They're both good at it, and it's yeah. masked some other attacking flaws. Uh, Raul scored the ghost yeah, of Raul. I know somebody mentioned in our Raul. Action Network Discord. Um, Raul doubled his XG total for the season with his big chance today that he finished. Uh, you know, it's just like they can't keep doing this. They can't. I will go to you know, I will go to my deathbed. Uh, which is where I'll be soon if they keep winning. Uh, <laughs> but saying that the Fulham can't keep getting away with this. But you know what? Four is plus a half, one of the worst bets I'll make all year. And uh, I'll tell you what's not going to be one of the worst bets I make all year, West Ham in this match. Um, so I'm going to pass. Uh, and, and to wrap up the Premier League portion of the program, scuffling Manchester City traveling to Kenilworth Road, taking on Luton Town. I was sitting at lunch watching this match yesterday, Luton and Arsenal. And I was starting to draft my apology letter at three two. It wasn't an apology letter. It was a you were not going to be on the podcast for well, you were going at the I sin bin. Gonna, I, I was, was going to be me tonight. That would have been a rough pod. You would have had to get a Lon Shapiro to, emergency pod to drop by and maybe offer yeah. some commentary. It would have been me. Should... It would have been me, Alon, and Fabrizio going. And Eric Eric Winalda. Eric Winalda. Yep. Yep. Eric yeah. Eric Winalda would have said how he saw this coming. Yeah. And he knew Luton was going to beat Arsenal. Yeah, because it's so it's so tough to go to Kenilworth Road. I love when they show the matches and the camera is so low you can like barely like it's it's like so different from all the other ones. Um, now cities gets gets to deal with it. Now they do get Rodri back from suspension. They do get Grealish back from suspension, so they'll have a, a functional team this week. Uh, De Bruyne not too far away either. He's he's looking like January, right? Yeah. So. They're minus one ten to win the title. No thanks, not yet, not yet, not yet. Liverpool will play Arsenal coming up in a couple weeks here, right before Christmas. City's got a little bit of a lighter patch coming up here now. It will be fascinating because they don't look like they have the same juice right now. But we said the same thing last year before the World Cup break, and then they just did have the juice and dominated everybody in the second half. Uh, so. Maybe they need a break, but they're not going to really get one. I mean, they're going to play a lot of matches here. Club World Cup coming up. Yep. They're going to get a couple matches off from the Prem. So they're going to be behind in the points too, by the way. Like games played. So it's going to look bigger than it actually is, kind of like last year. And uh, I'm not betting City yet. People have asked me. I'm not betting Aston Villa. Somebody asked me that too. Uh, you know, for me, it's it's still Liverpool's got the best chance to do it. Arsenal, if Jesus could stay healthy, maybe. But City Luton, no bet. If it got I mean, if it got to two and a half flat, I'd bet it, but I don't think it will. Okay, Bundesliga next. Uh, actually, I can just flip it over to you here. You can take us on an adventure through all of Europe with BJ uh, on the sidelines, and I'll catch up to you uh, when we talk about our underdogs. I'm just going to go on a huge rant right here. Just yeah, unhinged. yeah, here we go. All right, just take that. it. Stuttgart is there's some really big matches in the Bundesliga this weekend. Two highlight matches. Stuttgart is going to host Leverkusen, uh, you know, the second and third best team in the Bundesliga this year by every metric you look at. The second best team has actually been Stuttgart, and they're at home 
catching almost a half goal. There's a half goal, minus 145 out there. Stuttgart beat Dortmund this week in the Pokal. Uh, at home, they continue to roll. This team's metrics all look legit to me. Like if you if you go under the hood, last year they had all of the metrics in terms of like ball progression and, and box entries, and they didn't really have great XG numbers, and then they were underperforming them. They've upgraded in goal this year. Like everything about this team is trending up in the right direction and looks like a legitimate top four team. They're not being priced like it though, because they're a half goal underdog against a Leverkusen team who has basically the same exact numbers. Uh, these two teams have been extremely similar, but I'm getting half goal uh, to a quarter goal at home where this really should be a pick I think, in Stuttgart. Leverkusen's still a little better based on priors, but not that much. So I do like Stuttgart at home. We continue to bet them every week. Uh, Leverkusen is currently second in the Bundesliga now. Leipzig and Dortmund will play off somehow not the biggest match on the weekend, which is crazy for the race, but if you can stomach it, I do think the total is a little bit too high. Makoko went off injured today in the cup, so that's like a good depth piece. Full Krug should start, uh, and he's been their their main guy this year. But you know they do like to use Makoko in the second half and get those late goals in there. And, and when they don't get them, they're just not quite as good. Dortmund still really flawed defensively, but they are at home here. Uh, Leipzig's attack has run better than everybody in all of Europe just about this season. If you look at uh, their defense, though. Uh, especially away from home. They've still been elite, conceding one XG per match away from home, creating, though, just eight expected goals in six away matches, which is pretty bad for them. So I think this Leipzig attack is still overvalued. Total sitting at three and a half under minus 130. I have it closer to three. So if you wanted to play the under there, I would not blame you. It's an ultimate hold your nose under, though, because these fixtures between these two teams historically have flown over the total uh, with relative comfort. Uh, and, and so like, I know they played in the, in the Pokal quarterfinals and ended two nil, but the league matches, I should say between these two teams, pretty much a lock for three to four goals in the past. So, uh, I do think this total is a touch high, uh, under three and a half in this one for me in the Bundesliga. And as we transition into Syria, there's a couple games. We're playing the hits Roma again. They had a comeback win against Udinese, uh, or excuse me, against the Swolo last week because of a red card and a penalty. Some luck there, but they're at home against Fiorentina. The market is saying that Roma and Fiorentina are about equal teams. And look, I know we've talked about uh, this Fiorentina team, and, and we bet them a lot last year. They don't look nearly as, as uh, consistent this year from a uh, box perspective. Like, they've really taken a step back. They lost some talent in the penalty area. Their defense, like, they play a style that's very open in Serie A. And because the pressing numbers are so mediocre league-wide, if you're not going to press a lot and then you're going to be open at the back and leave space in behind, you're going to get got. And that's exactly what's happened to this Fiorentina team. They're 13th in non-penalty expected goals allowed despite having uh, the fewest final third entries in the league because when they do get broken open, they give up goals. And that's just not what you want to do against Jose Mourinho, who will sit deep and wait for one, two opportunities and get them and then score. So this Roma team looks like a, a legit top four. Uh, they're uh, elite at guarding in the penalty area. Their XG per set piece is terrible. I think that's been some bad luck. Teams have hit some really good set pieces on them and, and hurt them. But Roma plus 110 at home. Bologna has been a bet on team for me most of the season. I bet them a couple times. I think they're undervalued against uh, BJ's hate squad of Sauernitana. So I'll go with Roma plus 115, plus 110. And then I like Bologna uh, on the road. Bologna's quietly been trending up too. They, they, do a really nice job, underrated job of investing in young talent. 
uh, and it's worked for them this year. Xerxes, the uh, former Bayern reject, five goals for them this year. As we go to La Liga, the match of the weekend at the top of the table is Girona, who continues to own me and everybody who bets against them. They scored two late goals to beat Valencia. They go to Barca. Thought we'd get a good Barca spot. Market still not respecting this Girona team, though. Barca minus 200. No Ter Stegen until January. No thank you on that one. I'll be passing. Definitely not going to bet Girona, but do think that number's a little high. Uh, Girona's not been terrible, even though they've had a weak schedule. My actual bet in La Liga is going to be Mallorca. Pick them minus 110 on the island against Sevilla. Mallorca's played seven matches at home this year. They've drawn six of them. They've lost one. They have not won at home all year, but they've only had nine total goals in their games. It's been some of the worst most diabolical soccer you'll ever see. Uh, now they play Sevilla, who away from home this year has created less than one expected goal. Unless they get like a cross and, and get on the board here, like it's really hard to see Sevilla creating much. And Mallorca has been just the better team overall. They've, they're at home. At worst, I can make this Mallorca minus a quarter goal. I think it should be even higher. So I'm just, you know, higher than the market on this Mallorca team, but think that Sevilla continues to get market respect they don't deserve. Sevilla did have a lead in the Fraud Bowl against Villarreal, then they blew it. Uh, they blew a lead to Eindhoven, blew a lead to Sociedad. This team has been really bad at holding leads too, so that definitely hurts if Mallorca has to go for it late and they're trying to hold on a lead. So Mallorca, pick them in Spain, and then in France, classic buy low, sell high on Friday afternoon. Montpellier is plus 215. They have lost or drawn five straight matches. Pretty much every match has been a coin flip by XG. They've even won a couple of them. And you look at Lon, who had a terrible start to the year. Remember, we were fading them early. They've won five in a row, but they've had pretty even expected goals in those five matches. The market started to bump them, bump them, bump them. I don't really agree. I think they've been kind of just the same average league on team all year. So uh, not much difference between these two teams. Montpellier plus 215 against Lon. Uh, I think that line is just short. I think they should be a pick at worst. It's beautifully done. Uh, and I'm back. It's time to talk underdogs. BJ, um, is on one of the teams you talked about. That's Stuttgart as they take on Bayer Leverkusen. They are two to one on the money line for me. I'm going with Bournemouth going against Manchester United. Once again, in this spot, we're back. This, we, you, had one, we had one week, one week we United. Yeah. Yeah. We cashed our United tickets against Chelsea. And now we get to just leave it rear view mirror stuff. Uh, and go right back into the the rhythm that makes us that, that feels natural to us, which is going against this team and going against them with big prices. Uh, they've already proven that they can lose to anybody uh, this season. They've lost to Copenhagen, uh, Galatasaray. They've barely beaten teams like you know, Sheffield United and, and Fulham and all sorts of uh, teams in the same uh, tier as Bournemouth, a Bournemouth team that is steadily rising up. Uh, the the Premier League rankings here. We like this team. A def the definition of a bet on team against the definition of a, a bet against team. So play on the cherries here, four to one uh, for me. And I will go with Aston Villa plus two fifty at home against Arsenal. I think this is a high variance matchup because if you think that everything that happened in the Villa City match had more to do with City, I'm probably wrong. And Villa probably won't beat Arsenal and win back to back matches against the two or the three top teams in the league. But this home voodoo that Villa has, this ability to play through pressure that they've able to come with at Villa Park has been really impressive and something that's worth taking a flyer on continuing at plus 250 against Arsenal, uh, 
who again has built up a lot of great home wins, but the away form has been a little bit shakier. So take that what it may. Arsenal's now had five games where they've either equalized or won in the 88th minute or later. That's the that's the stuff of magical carpet ride seasons that uh, win titles. But you know what? I'm not going to say it because I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, that parlay: Stuttgart, Bournemouth, and Aston Villa pays out a flat fifty to one, five zero uh, to one. My favorite bet in the Premier League now. As we move into our final segment of this episode, is uh, Newcastle on the money line against Tottenham. Uh, Newcastle on the road here, but I'm not all that concerned there. They're getting bodies back. They've been a better team than Tottenham all season, despite the records not looking that way. Every every predictive metric we look at tells you that story. And I know the Spurs are getting better, and we could start to see them maybe bounce back into form a bit here, but they're punching up, I think, uh, in this spot. And I would make this closer to uh, a pick em. Market disagrees. We will see. So I like Newcastle plus 175. Yeah, I mean, even when Tottenham were healthy, they weren't that good, uh, which... I know you guys tried to tell me, but I didn't listen. Uh, I'm going to go with Crystal Palace plus one at home against Liverpool. I know that Liverpool had a routine win against Sheffield. I know the Palace looked pretty bad against Bournemouth, but the line did move up. Uh, and as a result, it's less than minus 110 here on the plus one. You can get minus 109. I really think that Liverpool is inflated. Their defense is still not consistent enough. And I know I laid it against Fulham and, and lost, but I think this Liverpool team with the backup goalie, uh, with you know McAllister going off today and Salah looking exhausted, like it just feels like Liverpool is a little vulnerable right now. They have some big fixtures coming up, and uh, I'm going to take the Palace underdog story here, uh, plus one at home to just be really annoying in this spot and make it really tough for Liverpool to break them down and get margin. Okay, that does it for this episode of Wonder Goal. We will be, be- we will be back on Monday morning uh, to preview the final matches in the group stage of the Champions League. Uh, So until then, best of luck with all your bets. Thank you once again to our producer Noah on the back end. And thank you to our sponsors, Bet365, for Anthony DeBundo and BJ Cunningham. I'm Michael Leba. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.